invite you to open in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to read beginning at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, in just two days, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Christians celebrate the birth of Jesus in a way that really no other religion celebrates the birth of its founder. The reason that we put such emphasis upon his birth and the manner of his birth really is tied up in one of the names that is given to Jesus, and that is the name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Corey Ten Boom was a survivor of the Nazi concentration camp Ravensbrück. And though she was Dutch, she was sent there because her father and others in her family helped many Jews escape the Holocaust. Her story was made famous through her best-selling book, The Hiding Place. She wrote other books, and in a devotional book that she authored later in her life titled Each New Day, Corey recounted how when she was a little girl, her father used to tuck her into bed at night. He talked and he would pray with her. And then, then he laid his big hand on her, on her little face. Later, when Corey was imprisoned in that brutal concentration camp, she would ask God to tuck her in and lay his hand on her face. She said, that would bring me peace and I would be able to sleep. Of the many names ascribed to Jesus, this one is of tremendous comfort there in Matthew one twenty three. Call his name Emmanuel. It's a Hebrew name, and it means God with us. I've been reflecting much on my mom and dad the past two weeks. As many of you know, my dad went home to be with the Lord two weeks ago. And we laid him. And we laid him to rest on Friday uh, a week ago. And, and I remember how when I was young, 
my dad would come into my brother's in my room. Uh, my brother and I, and there was five kids. We always had a small house, so I had the joy of not only sharing a room with my brother, sharing a bed with my brother. Uh, and so my dad would come in and, uh, uh, to tuck us in for the night, and he would pray with us. And, you know, Deb and I have done that with our kids at, at, at night. So, uh, so my dad would, in fact, at my dad's memorial service, my, my older sister Liz recounted how, how dad would tuck her and my sister in tightly, and then he would tickle them until the bedding had all come undone. And, and I remember one time my dad doing that, he came in, uh, and he started to tickle my brother and I, and there was just this little little tear in a sheet, and seriously, by the time he was done, we had ripped that sheet in half completely. My mom used to get on his case a little bit because Dad was supposed to be coming in to settle us down for the night, but by the time he was done, we were so wound up and our hearts were racing, it, it took forever to calm down. You know, our, our dads or our moms may, may no longer be around uh, to tuck us into bed. But Emmanuel is with us. We are not alone. We are not abandoned. God is with us. God is with us. Can you say that with me? Let's say it. God is with us. He is. He's with us in the car as we drive to work, or he's with you in the car as you're racing from one pickup and drop off to another. He's with us here in the pew here at church as we worship and as we, as we meditate on these things. He's leaning over us to, to, to tuck us in at night, whether we're young or whether we're old. He was with us in the cemetery as we said our goodbyes and laid my dad to rest. He is with us as we go under the surgeon's knife or as we go through yet another medical procedure. He's with us in the frustration of a disappointing marriage. He's with us in the anguish of a wayward child. He's with us in in the oppression of loneliness. He's with us in the fears that will not release their grip. He is with us in the deepest, most hidden places of our hearts that we give no one access to. And he's with us there. That's really what Christmas is about. God with us. I hear in the name Emmanuel two exclamations. And and I want you to hear them as well. Here's the first exclamation I hear. God is with us. This is is supernatural. God is the one who is with us. It's miraculous. This is the true miracle of Christmas that God is with us. And it is the true mystery of Christmas. The baby whose birth we celebrate is God. Have you let that sink in recently? The God who made heaven and earth, 
The God who, who filled the skies with the stars that cannot be counted? The space which is immense and cannot be measured? God who speaks and it happens? He says, let there be light and there's light. He says, let there be a world and there's a world. God is that baby in the manger. God came into our world. This world that he created. This world that he filled. And because of mankind's rebellion, this world that he cursed. And as a result, this world is devastated. Oh, there's a lot of beauty in this world. A lot of stunning, spectacular scenes. There's, there's a lot of joy in this world. I'm not, I'm not denying that for a moment. But you and I both know there's a lot of pain in this world. And suffering and misery. And ugliness. God came into it. One of the comforting things that the President of the United States does is to show up when there's been a natural disaster or there's been some, some national tragedy. The President, the head of state, will come to that place to be with those who are suffering to be with those who are grieving. The God of this universe has stepped into this world, this devastated world, to be with us. One of the comforting things of the past weeks was my family coming together. There were cousins I hadn't seen in years. And, And they stepped into our life during this time of loss. And there was comfort and In fact, I mean, they knew dad. They had been a part of the family gatherings. They were a part of the family memories that we could all share together. And there they were with us. God is with us. I read a story, I think it was last Friday, about a college student uh, who was traveling home for Christmas break. Going to be flying home. And they, they came to the check-in counter and they were told that, they could not, that, that she could not bring her pink betta fish Cassie on board the plane with her. She said she'd, she'd gotten the fish her freshman year to combat loneliness. And she said that the two had formed a lasting friendship that when she put her finger in the water, and this is her description, her, her little fish would come up and would nibble her finger. She almost had my sympathies there. Until I read that rather than accept the airline's effort to book another flight, allowing her to make arrangements for Cassie, she handed the fish off to some stranger who was on a plane that would let her bring the fish along with, it, uh, with her on that trip. There's, you know, there's, there's some humor in that, but, but I'll tell you this, in, in all honesty, the, the story is, is a reminder that people all around us face stresses and they face fears and they face loneliness that they are unprepared to cope with alone. 
It may be silly to need to have a fish to travel with you. It may seem silly to have to have a peacock travel with you on the airplane. And, and yeah, yeah, it, it is. But you know, maybe look beyond that to say that there are fears and anxieties and loneliness that people don't know what to do with. They don't know what to do with them. Human alienation is, is a real thing. Isolation is a real thing. And, and, and there is a decreasing trust in anyone but self. I don't trust anyone but myself. And so people look for comfort, for security. The amazing truth about Christmas is that it is God who is with us. The God of heaven and earth has come down to to check on us. He's come down to live where we live and to experience what we experience. He's come down to meet us in our valleys. He's come down to be with us in our storms. He's come down to stand at our side in the crises. And and the God who has come down, is, he's not the impersonal force of Star Wars. He is a person who thinks, who feels, who takes decisive action for the purposes of his glory and our good. That's, who's with, that, that's who is with us. God himself. N- not, not some super nice person, some super good, super smart, super strong man. No, God God himself is with us. That's the first exclamation that I hear in that name. The second exclamation I hear in that name is this. God is with us. (laughs) He's with us. God has come down to be with us. That is the mystery of Christmas. Well, what, what, is, what does it mean when we say that God is with us, by the way? Can everyone, everywhere, claim that God is with them? That, you know, no matter who you are, can you claim that God is with you? I mean, I hear people say, I just know he's with me. I, I, I feel him with me. Well, let me ask, in, in what way? When it comes to thinking of this matter of God being with us, I think there's, there's two ways that we can and should think of it. First of all, we can think of that word with in a spatial sense, that, that there is a spatial pra- uh, presence, that God in space has come into, into our lives, that you know, God certainly is everywhere present in space. So, so there is nowhere you can go that God isn't already there. That is absolutely true. No matter who you are, no matter who it is that inhabits this planet, there is nowhere you can go that God is not already there. He is a God who is present everywhere. And, and you know, John 1.14 says the word referring to Jesus Christ, he became flesh and he dwelt among us. God actually came down to this world and he occupied the same space that, that humans did and people did. He's, he's walked on this planet. 
He left the gated community of heaven and he moved into the neighborhood as that verse is sometimes translated. He moved into the neighborhood of this earth to live among us and he came into our time and he came into our space. So in, in that sense, anyone, anywhere, at any time can claim God's presence because he is present everywhere. But this name, when it talks about the significance of God being with us, I think refers more to his presence in in space around us. It is with us in a relational sense. A relational sense. That that God dwelt among, in the company of, in companionship of us. So, in a sense of space, God is with everyone. In a sense of relationship, God is not with everyone. Last week, we did something we'd never done before. We went down and we visited Stan Hewitt Hall and saw the amazing lights that uh, were out all around that place. So when we got there, we made our way up to the, to the manor, and uh, what they do there at the front door, you sort of come in the front door, and uh, then they'll close that off, and then they'll, they'll send a group on through. So, so they're sort of herding us into this not real big area, and uh, I think I was the last one in, in our group, and I found I was like looking for a space, so I got in, and then they closed the door behind us. And so uh, as I was thinking about I, I was reminded that I was, I was in a small space with a bunch of people, hoping none of them had the plague. We were that close. So, so I, was, I was with a whole group of people in that space, but I was actually in relation with only three. My wife, my daughter, and my brother. I was with a bunch, but I was really only with those three. God occupies the space in which we exist, so he is with us. But that does not mean necessarily that we're in relationship with him. The the name Emmanuel points to something far more than just sharing the same space, more than some vague sense of God watching over us. God with us means that God is doing what he promised to do when we were driven in Genesis 3, when mankind was driven from his presence. Driven away because of sin. Driven away because of rebellion against God. And and that's been passed down to us. Ever since then, God made a promise to bring us back. To make a way back. He would be with us to keep his promises. He would be with us to bring deliverance. He would be with us to accomplish our salvation. So God with us is about God doing what God promised to do. God is with us. That name Emmanuel means that God is with us to save us from our sins. Emmanuel is salvation. The name Emmanuel that we read in Matthew 1.23 takes us back to the prophecy Isaiah 7.14. And there in that passage we looked at a couple weeks ago, there was the promise of God's presence to the king in that day, to the nation Israel in that day. God's promise of his presence to deliver his people from their surrounding enemies, not because they deserved God to do that for them, not because they even trusted God to do that for them, but because God said, I'm going to be faithful to myself. I'm going to accomplish what I said I would accomplish for my people and I will be present to do it no matter what. 
You see, God is with us because he is on a mission. That mission is told to us in Matthew one twenty one. Call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. See, Christmas is a reminder of our lostness. It is a reminder of our sins. Christmas is not an affirmation of our self-worth, but a reminder of our helplessness. We couldn't get to God if we wanted to. We couldn't clear our record no matter how hard we tried because, you see, a sin is a sin, and good deeds don't remove bad deeds from your record. We were dead in our sins, the Scriptures tell us. And so God came to us to be with us, to rescue us. I was visiting one of our members who had surgery this past week, and you know, there, in that hospital, there's doctors and there's a medical team who were, who were with him. They were, they were with him. But they weren't there just to keep him company. They weren't there to drink coffee, to talk, shop. They were with him on a mission of accomplishing successful surgery and recovery. God is with us, not just to hang out with us. He is with us to save us from our sins. It means, this name Emmanuel, it means that in order for God to save us, God would become one of us. You see, Emmanuel is God incarnate. Fancy word. This simply means Emmanuel is God in human flesh. God was with us by becoming one of us. The baby in the manger is God in human flesh. Is God who became man, God who became a human being, God who became a descendant of Adam, God who became a part of the human race. The Apostle John said it this way, that the word, that's God, became flesh and dwelt among us. Paul put it this way in Philippians 2, that though Jesus was God, he did not consider the exalted place something to cling to, so he let go of his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And of Jesus Christ, Paul says this in Colossians chapter 1, that Jesus is the visible image of of the invisible God. When you are looking at Jesus, you are looking at God. When you behold Jesus Christ, you are seeing God. We can't see him right now with these eyes, but the word of God says you can see Jesus Christ in the word of God. And when you see Jesus in the scriptures, you see God. You are beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus. God the Son literally, literally became a human being through the miraculous conception within the womb of the Virgin Mary. We read that this morning. The mystery of eternal and infinite deity joined with a cell 
of Mary in her womb, where for the next nine months he went through the natural process of gestation until, as Luke tells us, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. For what purpose? Through Jesus, God has reconciled everything to himself. Through Jesus, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's shed blood on the cross. You see, Jesus was 100% human. We humans were the ones who had rebelled against God, and only one of us could make peace, and only one of our race could bring about reconciliation. So God did it by becoming one of us. But Jesus is also 100% God, because no mere human could have ever secured our salvation. You see, salvation is not a matter of adhering to a noble way of life whether it be the seven sacraments of the Roman Catholic Church or the five pillars of Islam or the eightfold path to enlightenment in Buddhism or the Ten Commandments of the Law or even the Golden Rule. The penalty for sin is as infinite as the holiness of God. That's why only God could provide the salvation that was needed. And that's why Jesus is the only qualified Savior of the world, because there is no one else like him. God is with us to save us. God became man to save mankind. The virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. God is with us, and he will never leave you or forsake you. He is always with you. His spirit dwells inside all who have trusted him. When you're lost, he will be with you to guide you. When you're alone, he's with you to be your companion. When you're hurting, he's with you to be your comforter. When you're afraid, he's with you as your peace. When you're weak, he's with you as your strength. When you are dead and lost in your sins, he's with you as your savior. He is Emmanuel, who came to save us from our sins by paying the ultimate sacrifice of his own life. God is with us to save us. If you get that, you get Christmas. Would you pray with me? Father, today, this morning, I pray that your spirit would draw us to the heartbeat of Christmas. Pray, that, Lord, that your spirit would draw people close to you.
as you draw close to them. Lord, I pray that for all of us here this morning, every single one of us. Our heads bowed and eyes closed. I, I know that there are some of you who may be in a more difficult season right now. You're going through something that's hard. And you recognize and sense you, you really need the presence of God. If that's you today, would you just slip your hand up toward heaven and say, yes, I, I need prayer right now. I, I, I need the presence of God in my life right now. I'm going to pray in just a moment. and Not by name, but I'll pray for you. Anyone? Say, I, I need the presence of God. It's, I'm going through some hard stuff right now. And I need his presence. I need his help, yeah. Okay. Some, some of you, you know, maybe many are, are not going through a time of crisis right now. But you know, even when you're not going through anything, guess what? You still need the presence of God every moment of every day. So maybe there are some of those, you know, some of you might say, you know, I, I, I didn't raise my hand there the first time, but I, I know I need the presence of God. I, I need his presence in my life. I, and and I, again, I want to know that he is with me. I, I want to honor him in all that I do, and I know that I need his presence to do that. Would, would you lift your hand right now if that's your need, if that's your prayer, if that's your burden? I want to pray for you. Lord, Lord I, I pause just a moment. I want to thank you for so much for, for these who, in this season, some, some who say, Lord, right now there's a, there's a real deep need right now. There's a, there's a struggle. There's a crisis. I need your help. I need your presence. And, and Lord, those who, who, right now, it's not a time of crisis, and, and maybe things are going along okay, but Lord, just simply through the uplifted hand, they said, Lord, I know that I need your presence. I, I need your help. Even, even when things are, seem to be together and seem, things seem to be going well, I know I need your presence because I want to honor you, Lord. Thank you for these who have lifted their hand, and I pray that, that they would really know that strength. For those who are hurting right now, Lord, I ask that you be present in a, in a way that only you can be present. I pray that you would bring your supernatural peace, God, that goes beyond our human ability to even understand or explain. I pray, Lord, that you would... Guard our hearts, you'd guide our minds and our souls in Jesus Christ. God, I pray for those who are desperate and feel alone, those who are afraid, those who are facing stresses of all kinds, maybe financial stress, maybe some physical battles, sickness and otherwise. God, I pray that the power of your spirit would, would be known to them. And God, in your presence, we know that we find hope and we find forgiveness and we find grace we find truth we find peace beyond anything the world offers to us so god show us your goodness we thank you that you're always with us as we continue in prayer maybe there are some of you who recognize that you're not you're not walking and living in the presence of god you may go to church every now and then and 
you know, you, you may sort of, sort of believe in God, but you, you really don't know him personally. You really don't understand why Jesus was born the way he was, and you really don't understand what, what the death or the cross or the resurrection mean, or, or maybe you really don't quite understand what it means to be forgiven by God. But maybe today something's different. Maybe today in this moment something is drawing you toward God. That's his, that's his loving presence. Because you, you realize you're not here by accident. If you're feeling drawn to God, I urge you to pay attention to that. Because you have an opportunity to say yes to the greatest gift of all time. It's the gift of God's love and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Scripture teaches that all of us have sinned. And so you're, you're there and you're sitting there and, you, and you, you know you've done things that are wrong. The way that we're made right with God isn't by trying to be good enough. It's through Jesus who was good enough. The only way we're forgiven of our sins is it's a free gift of God which is experienced by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So there are, there are those of you here this morning, maybe you, you recognize your need, that you need his grace, that you need his forgiveness, you need his mercy, and something maybe is just drawing you t- toward him right now. That's the, that's the power of his presence. You just simply need to say yes. Yes, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Yes, Lord Jesus, save me. Yes, Lord Jesus, change me. Make me new. See, when you cry out to him, he'll hear your prayer. He'll forgive your sins. And you won't just become a better person. You'll become a new person. Because the old will be gone. And everything becomes new. And God will be with you. If you say, you know, yes, I I need his grace. I turn from my sins. I turn toward Jesus today. I give my life to him. You just slip your hand up right now and say, yes, that's my prayer. He won't call you out or embarrass you. Say, yeah, that's my prayer. Anyone? Yes. Yes. Anyone else? As we continue in prayer and as we respond to God, I'm going to do this just a little bit differently this morning. We're going to sing in just a moment, but we're going to respond to God together. I'm going to ask all of us, I'm going to ask all of us this morning to pray aloud And I'm just going to go phrase by phrase. Even if you've prayed this before, even if you've prayed this before, I'm asking you to to pray it because perhaps for some of you, you've never prayed this before. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm trying to just lead us in prayer and with the hope 
that this is the prayer of your heart. And so I'd ask us to pray this together. I'm just going to give us a phrase at a time. I'll say it and ask you to repeat it. So let's continue in prayer as we respond. Heavenly Father, today I trust you to forgive me of all my sins and make me brand new. Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you, live for you, and show your love for the rest of my life. My life is not mine. I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, I pray across this congregation for any who prayed that prayer for the first time in their life, Lord, that that your spirit was working, understanding in their heart, not just reciting words, Lord, but that was the prayer of their heart as they called out to you for salvation. You promise in your word that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so we rejoice this morning in any who have called out to you and have received your glorious gift of salvation. For that is what Christmas is about. Confirm them in that faith and help them as they start a new life in Christ. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor, for you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen.